and welcome again to the YOY podcast. Tyler and Tyler here. We are so happy to have you back on the cusp, the eve uh, of the 2017 Major League Baseball season. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about you? We're already off to a better start uh, because you know what I realized in our last episode? (laughs) What? We never said what the name of the podcast was. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that because I don't listen to our episodes. We, I honestly have no idea what we're doing. Well, you were there, so you it's all its all up there. You you lived it. You don't need to listen to did it again. We, did we give our uh, social media tags and platforms and Oh, sure, sure, sure. That? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, you know, usually well, usually when you meet someone for the when at the top of a conversation... <laughs> You introduce yourself. You don't talk at them for an hour and then go, oh, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, we know who we are, and we are unconcerned with uh, what other people think. (laughs) It's true. If people listen to this, then it would be a bigger deal, probably. Uh, As as of to date, I think we have exactly three, uh, three listens total for all of these podcasts. And I think uh, just those three are my dad trying to start the same episode uh, over and over again because um, he doesn't know how to use a computer. Yeah, sometimes it's hard. <laughs> uh, in the uh, meantime, in betwixt these two episodes, uh, I had myself an offspring. and Now, we uh, should say it has not been nine months since we recorded the last episode. It has episode. not been nine months since we recorded. It's just that, that was already in the works, yes. behind the scenes. Yes, that was planned. Uh, so my wonderful wife, the Y.O. wife, and son are in the living room. Um, so if you hear crying, uh, this time for once it will not be me. It might actually be my son. Like so. 60-40. 6040 60, 40, me son crying. Time. Yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of crying, uh Mariners baseball. Yeah. Tyler. Tis the season. <laughs> Tis the season. I missed it. it. Ooh, it I will, missed it. It will not stop raining. <laughs> there are hints of flowers rather than snow. Oh, I'm so excited. Ah, spring is in the air. It is. And that means Spring training is here. It's the it's March, March Madness is here. All, we're just getting all jazzed up for what's to come. Um, we have a great episode and some fun stuff planned at the end. But uh, Tyler, why don't you why don't you lay down the track? Why don't you lay down some sweet beats and uh, and tell us what we're going to be experiencing today? Well, I can't do any of that. But what I can do. <laughs> is kind of lay out what we're going to talk about. Since spring training is coming to a close, um, by the time this gets edited and and put up, fingers crossed, uh, it will be the last day of spring training. Mm -hmm. And you'll have all weekend to listen to this to ramp up to Monday where when opening day starts. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the Mariners' spring training, all the reasons why, you know, there's reasons for optimism, and the uh, many more reasons why we are doomed for failure uh, yet again. And then talk a, bit, a little bit about the World Baseball Classic, because that factored heavily into Seattle's spring training this year. Um, talk about some breakout candidates for the next mm-hmm. this coming year, uh, maybe some 
major disappointments, probably more major disappointments. <laughs> I mean, we, we also know the starting lineup. We do. So that's good news. Yeah, we'll have some. It'll be it'll be good. Yeah, uh, I, I think we have some X factors as well. We some, do some things that uh, if they go the right way are possibly what could make or break the season. Mm-hmm. A little uh, good good news, bad news, who knows news. <laughs> I'm excited for all of that, especially the who knows news. Who knows news? Really excited for that. Um, one of uh, Dr. Seuss's least known books. Uh, who knows news. Uh, really dark, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprising for him. Um, and then uh, at the end of this episode, uh, we teased it a little bit earlier, but Tyler, you and I are going to play a little game called Over Under. All right. And I'm, we're going to test our baseball uh, guessing skills, uh, mostly for fodder for our non-existent listeners. Hi, Dad. And That should go terribly. <laughs> it should it should go absolutely terribly, and I'll explain the rules when we get there. Okay. So, uh, do we have a stat of the podcast? We do have a stat of the podcast, and this is a genealogy stat because <laughs> yeah, because in looking over the Mariners spring training, I discovered there is a third Seeger brother. Uh, okay. A. That's impossible. I, right? Uh, there are already two, and they're already both playing baseball. Well, there's a third one who played baseball in one game this spring. So, wow. You know, he's, and, he's doing and, something. And his name is? Justin Seeger. Or so there's Justine. Kyle Corey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and how did he do? Uh, he did okay. He played in one game, two at-bats, one hit, one strikeout. So, you know, a 500 career batting average. So I don't good. want to say Hall of Fame <laughs> too early, but... No, we would with, never, ever want to jinx it. With the sample size provided, I think it's pretty evident. What uh, position does Mr. Justin Seeger play? That seems like far too much research for me. <laughs> I um, stopped at holy cow, say, there's a Seeger. Can we can we say first base? Can we say maybe like the next Edgar Martinez? Well, since I didn't look it up, we can say whatever we want. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say first base slash maybe bullpen coach. There you go. Based off of everything that happened in spring training, this year, which during the time frame for spring training was not just spring training, as you know, it was also the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some reasons for optimism and some reasons maybe for concern. Mm-hmm. But um, so as we know, the uh, Seattle Mariners also acquitted themselves quite well in the World Baseball Classic yeah. this year. Yeah, they uh, um, represented they had a lot of representation in the UC. They sent six players off their 40-man roster. And in addition to that, five of their better minor leaguers, including the top outfielder Tyler Tyler O'Neill, who played for Canada. And despite having 11 players out of camp, still did pretty well in Cactus League. Yeah, they had the second-best record uh, as of today. Uh, 19-14-1 with their tie coming this afternoon against uh, apparently the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the Kansas City Monarchs couldn't make it, so... <laughs> so while those while those players were busy being awesome on an international stage uh in spring training 
we also had some really pleasant surprises. Um, one of them being our good friend Mickey Z. Yeah. Uh, Mike Zunino had a, a stat line of 351, 529, and 838. 17, or 17 hits. 13 hits and 37 at-bats. Uh, six doubles, four home runs, nine RBIs, 12 walks, Tyler. He had 12 walks and 11 strikeouts. So again in the double digits in strikeouts. But the most important thing, fewer strikeouts than walks. So yes, I don't want to say Hall of Fame too early. <laughs> Do you know uh, his career... Uh, strikeout to walk ratio. Off the top of my head. Career strikeout to walk ratio. Off the top of my head, I would say it's like 200 strikeouts to one walk. It is, uh, it's not that bad, no, but it's not great. It's five to one. Oh. It's five to one. So the fact that he had more walks and strikeouts is awesome. Um, the other really, really good thing is, uh, at least two of the, I think we're at 427 off-season moves mm-hmm. by Jerry DePito now, uh, seem to have gone very well. Both Gerard Dyson and John Segura uh, did really well in spring training. Um, Gerard Dyson's line, 333, 462. That's average on-base percentage and on-base plus slugging. Uh, and then Gene Segura, 324, 342. And 595 uh, between the two of them, uh, 10 RBI and nine stolen bases, um, which is which is great. 13 hits and 12 hits in uh, about the same number of bats as Mike Zunino. Everyone's kind of hovering around that 37, 38, 39 at bats. So um, they both performed really, really well, but probably not as well as Mitch Hanniger. No, I don't think anybody in the Seattle spring training played as well as Mitch Hanniger. <laughs> Mitch Hanniger went out of his mind this year. Uh, he, <laughs> he hit 412 in spring training and 68 at-bats, which is it, it means basically doubling the uh, number of at-bats of the three previous players with a higher batting average. Four nine, uh, four fifty nine on base percentage and a six ninety one on base plus slugging. Uh, he had eleven doubles. Eleven doubles. That is nuts. Um, he uh, he does swing and miss quite a bit, and he does still strike out quite a bit. So he's got a little bit to work on. Um, he, according to a couple of articles I was reading in the Seattle Times. Um, he's, he's swinging a little freely still, but you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you're going to connect on, on 41% of your, of your free swings, <laughs> you, that's pretty good. Ball, right? Yeah. So those, those four, I think were probably the standouts of spring training. Mike Zanino, Gerard Dyson, Gene Segura, Mitch Hanniger. Um, so, so far, so good. It looks like, especially, you know, two moves, off-season moves uh, that sound so far like they've gone pretty well. And then Mike Zanino, who struggled his entire career, uh, may be starting to get on track in his own right as well. So, 
Yeah, and so all those guys were kind of holding down the fort in Arizona. Everybody that went to the World Baseball Classic really represented themselves well um, outside of Giovanni Gallardo, but that's a whole other story of $11 million thrown down the toilet. It's not important. Not important. But you had great pitching from Drew Smiley and Felix Hernandez and Edwin Diaz, and I think one of the like lasting images of the WBC is going to be that Team USA versus Team Venezuela pitching duel between Smiley and Hernandez. Uh, yeah. yeah, you had you had Drew Smiley pitching probably one of his best games of his career, going <laughs> 4.2 with no earned runs, though he did, did have one unearned, uh, only gave up three hits, no walks, and eight strikeouts, while Felix through five innings of shutout ball with only three hits, three strikeouts, and no walks. So he had two, like, kind of kind of question marks about going into the, the spring about how these guys were going to fit in the rotation, just putting on a show in the WBC. And, you know, and it, even when Felix came back from the WBC, he was – he almost – you had you saw shades of classic Felix. So between the WBC and his spring training, he threw twenty and two thirds innings, which ended up being the third most in his career in the spring and the most he's thrown since two thousand twelve. Uh, he had a two six one ERA, which is the second lowest of his career, an eight twenty two WHIP, which is the lowest since two thousand six. A 176 batting average against, which is a career low, and a 14 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio, which is a career best. His spring numbers are just insane. And the way that he was doing it was with movement, was Mm -hmm. with location, was basically answering all of the questions that we had at the end of last season about can Felix Hernandez transition from a pure power pitcher to more of a finesse pitcher. And if this spring is any indication, the answer is yeah. And that's about uh, about time. <laughs> because in the past three years, um, Felix has looked a little bit less and less like the king that we're used to. Um, you know, he's 30 now. Um, last three years, his ERA has gone up. Every year, his walks have gone up every year, while his strikeouts uh, and strikeout-to-walk ratio have gone down every year, uh, including his strikeouts uh, per nine innings. So um, his whip has gone up every year for the last three years, too. So um, it it maybe takes a little time to make that transition between a power pitcher to a... uh, a finesse pitcher. We've seen other pitchers struggle with it mightily. Um, Justin Verlander is a really good example. Um, his velocity fell off the cliff, and he didn't make a great transition right away. Uh, last year, he actually performed really, really well. But uh, but before that, 2014, 2015, he, he didn't look like himself. And maybe we're starting to see Felix kind of get into that same groove. It would be, yeah, because... The, all of last season, you, we saw him just labor through starts. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. throwing a lot of balls, getting a lot of walks. He didn't have great placement. He couldn't blow guys off the plate. He struggled 
to get through his outings. You never saw that in this spring. This spring he looked fresh, he looked healthy, and he was in command of the plate at all times, mm-hmm. which is something we did not see a lot of last season. And so it gives you a lot of uh, hope that that's that he's turned the corner and he's figured it out. And that's going to be great for this rotation <laughs> if he can do that and also stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't – those two guys weren't the only ones who was really impressive. Uh, Nelson Cruz uh, was awesome in that ridiculous Dominican Republic lineup. Uh, ended up hitting three home runs in the WBC, all just monster shots, uh, including a kind of bittersweet one where he hit a game-winning bottom-of-the-nine three-run home run against Team USA <laughs> and a usually very difficult-to-hit Andrew Miller. Yes. Uh, now, he made up for that because afterward, well, he made up for it to Seattle fans because afterwards when they were asking <laughs> him about the potency of this Dominican Republic lineup, which, by the way, had Nelson Cruz hitting six because that's how yeah, that's, stacked uh... they were. <laughs> when asked who has a better lineup than the Dominican Republic, he responded, well, maybe the Mariners, which is very sweet of him. But It was very sweet of him. And I hope he took that $1 million World Baseball Classic reference bonus home with him. Mm-hmm. But up maybe and the down. Maybe Mariners, Tyler. Yeah, maybe the Mariners. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh... Because there are some reasons for concern. There are lots of reasons for concern. And let's stay at the WBC with Team Mexico pitcher Giovanni Guiardo, who was one of the big acquisitions this offseason that may not work out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. between the WBC and spring training, he had a cumulative ERA of 918 he gave up at least four runs. Yeah, that's best out of ten, correct? Yeah. That's, that's so if good. he's being judged, like on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. uh, a 918 is excellent. That sounds, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's usually that, that damn German judge, mm-hmm. you know, that is always very stingy. Yeah. If you do not literally transport him to Vienna with your waltz, <laughs> you cannot get a perfect score. It's brutal. Yeah. So on top of a 918 ERA, he gave up at least three, at least four runs in three of his five starts in the month of March. And his last appearance was his worst, which is not the way you want to see him trending. Uh, gave up seven runs on nine hits, including three home runs, and walked two batters in four and a third innings. Mm-hmm. Now, this wouldn't be that bad. It's bad, but it wouldn't be as bad if he didn't just sign a contract for $11 million per year plus a $2 million buyout. Somewhere, somewhere, Carlos Silva's ears are burning. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like Giovanni Gallardo discovered our podcast (laughs) on the plane to Seattle. And he's like, I would like to be a future episode. (laughs) Well, good news. You are on your way, sir. <laughs> Welcome. Oh man. And uh not only uh not only Giovanni Gallardo, another pitcher with maybe a little bit of trouble along the way. Um Drew Smiley uh was scratched from his last start. 
um, after some some shoulder problems arose. Um, he said his arm felt a little soggy. That's how, yeah, that's, yeah, Scott Servais said he just felt a little soggy, and I have no idea what that yeah. means. So... Have you never felt soggy? I I have, but it has never affected me in ways that would prevent me from pitching. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand they are in Arizona. It's very hot. Yeah. yeah. So sogginess, I think, is going, is, is a given. Sogginess, you know, Arizona's a dry heat, though, Tyler. Yeah, you know, you, know, you get into uh, those... I would expect into some those, sogginess maybe the south. Yeah, and get into those baseball pants. It creates an atmosphere <laughs> all its own. You're saying... Sogginess persists. Okay, okay. Maybe he's, he has some swass. Yeah. Perhaps. Okay, yeah. all right. That, that could be it. Well, he's on the uh, 10-day DL with uh, major swass, yeah. I think we'll say. Yeah, not an ideal start for a guy that was supposed to be a back end of the rotation innings eater. Tyler, that's okay because we have Giovanni Gallardo. Oh, thank God. <laughs> We're saved. Um, how is our first base platoon going? Well, we hit a bit of a snag when uh, half of the platoon was sent to Tacoma. So that's oh. going to limit his uh, effectiveness in the platoon, I think. Uh, so Dan, can you call it a platoon if there's just one person? I think is you have it, to work. Can you be like, a one-person platoon. You have to work really hard. <laughs> and um, Danny Valencia has the grit to do it. He can do it. Mm-hmm. I have, I have, I have no problem with that. His his stat line isn't great. Uh, if uh, so, Dan Vogelbach uh, was sent down to um, AAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, which surprised a lot of people. Um, there's a great uh, article about why the Mariners sent uh, Dan Vogelbach down. Um, it's on uh, Lookout Landing on SB Nation. Um, and it, it, it has a really, really good explanation of, um, essentially, the, the Mariners really did kind of see in him what they saw in Mike Zunino. You and I talked about it. Uh, a little bit when we found out. Um, but there's some concern about his stance. There's con- some concern about how he's approaching uh, the, the plate and his reach on a lot of uh, pitches that he shouldn't be doing. Um, he's still hitting the ball hard, but um, just not in the way that you would expect given his, his history. And... Um, uh, he was, according to Mike Blowers, who has become a very reliable analyst, um, he's been mispositioned at first base quite a bit. So not only struggles at the plate, struggles on defense as well, which is something that Danny Valencia didn't really do. Yeah, the one thing that that article didn't address, though, was how he received the kiss of death vote of confidence <laughs> on this very podcast. <laughs> I, f- I feel like our vote of confidence was mostly name based. We just wanted to we just wanted to see the two Dan. We fell in love with the double Dan. Wow, oh, God! Can't believe this is the third time that's happened to us. I know. Always <laughs> duped by the double Dan. <laughs> uh, what was his What was his final uh, final stat line before going down to triple? So he ended up. Uh, Hitting 228 with a 313 on base percentage and a 333 slugging. Uh, he had 13 hits and 57 at bats with three doubles, just one home run. Uh, 
Uh, five RBI. He walked seven times, but he struck out 19 times, which yeah. is... That's high. That is a lot. Yeah, that's Mike Zunino territory. Yeah. Mike Zunino was, was watching that and said, Bruh, you need to, <laughs> you need to chill out. <laughs> so he got sent down to AAA, and he's now being replaced full-time by Danny Valencia, who put up a blistering 222 with a 300 on base percentage and a 317 slugging percentage. And if those numbers all sound lower, it's because they are. <laughs> uh, it, did, it did sound a little bit lower. It did. Um, the one nice thing is uh, he did have less strikeouts uh, with the same amount of walks and more RBI. Um, but uh, He also added yeah. a stolen base, so there's that. <laughs> it looks like we could be looking at some more disappointment at first base. Yeah, this might not be the year they figure that out. Kind of a bummer. Um, not only that, you know, yes, the Mariners played really well in the World Baseball Classic. We've talked about that a couple times. Um, but there is this idea of World Ball. World Baseball Classic fatigue. Um, Have people maybe played a little bit too much or stressed themselves out a little bit too much, maybe playing a little bit harder than you might normally in spring training because this is, it is the World Baseball Classic. Mm -hmm. It means more. Um, Smiley is already hurt. Um, Hashtag, uh, hashtag soggy smiley. Mm -hmm. Can we make that a thing? I don't see why Um, we can't. It's... (laughs) Uh, Hernandez... Cruz, Cano, Diaz, um, all playing a lot. Mm-hmm. And they played in games with, with like a playoff atmosphere to them. So you oh my God, ratch yes. up the, the intensity just that much more. And these guys are not like in mid-season form at this point. So they're going from zero to 100 just like that. Uh, so you got to wonder if that's going to take a toll with, with tweaks or fatigue or like dead legs. We already kind of saw it because as they came back from the WBC, Cano and Cruz were both sidelined for an entire week of spring with cold and flu symptoms. So Yeah, they're um, feeling a little Gutierrez-y, yeah. both of them. Yeah. That sogginess is, is spreading. <laughs> They've got the goot, yeah. I think, is... Is is what's happened? Yeah, and so if we go if we go an entire week in the regular season where Cano and Cruz are both not in the lineup, I don't I don't like our chances to, to win Tyler, to win anything. Justin Seeger. Oh, Justin Seeger. That's his time to shine. It is his time to shine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and a, a bullpen that last year was pretty darn good. And we, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> and a bullpen last year that was pretty good, uh, including kind of the breakout for Edwin Diaz, um, which spawned many an amazing Edwin Diaz strikeout gift. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the bullpen is a little shaky. Uh, Steve Ciszek, Tony Zich, Shea Simmons, they're all going to be on the DL. You know that could that could spell trouble. Yeah, because those are basically 
all of your middle relief. Or not your middle, but your middle to late relief. So you still have those guys, those stretch guys that can that are going to get the, your long relief situations. Um, but you, Cishek is your is your setup guy on this team. If he doesn't come back from that from his hip injury, or you know he just stinks, then they don't really have another guy who can step up in those pressure situations to get the game to Diaz in the ninth. So are they going to then try and stretch Diaz two innings? And is that going to then put more stress on Diaz, who's already uh, pitched some pretty amped up innings from the WBC? Is that going to put more more strain on his arm, which is still developing? You know, he's only been a closer for less than a year. One of the uh, bright spots for the bullpen includes another World Baseball Classic. Uh, player in Emilio Pagan, uh, also with uh, Puerto Rico, along with Edmund Diaz. Um, <clears throat> he played very, very well, and uh, he's a he's a really big guy. He throws hard, and uh, so th- there are you know we have some backup, um, but those are kind of like you said, those are the main guys for. A setup man, yeah. Relief. And I think I think for the team to kind of survive the this like injury trouble to start the season, they're going to need big performances from young guys because they have a couple of guys that looked pretty good this spring, but really haven't been on the major league level. So yeah. are they going to be able to take that potential and that and that strong spring and turn it into quality innings at the major league level? Uh, Diaz did it last year, obviously, but can they find two or three more guys to really solidify that bullpen and not have to resort to calling in the bartender? Because you, kn- I think we should include a segment in every podcast that just says, "Where, where is Tom Wilhelm?" Yeah, right? because you What's know he doing? has free time. <laughs> oh, bartender! Oh, I do, I do miss that. Um, who, who is it that uh, uh, played closing time? Is that the Goo Goo Dolls? No, that's not. That's not Goo Goo Dolls. Who is that? Because uh, that was that was uh, that was always a favorite of mine to listen to when he was when he was coming out. But I can't remember. We'll never. It's know. one of those bands and, and, that sounds like six other bands. <laughs> and I'll be damned, Tyler, if you or I do any research into that. I uh, already googled. I already googled the Third Seeger Brothers. So. <laughs> That's a lot of effort. Yeah, my Google privileges are used up. <laughs> um, so out of spring training, uh, there were a couple of breakout candidates. Um, one that, uh, well, a couple that we already talked about, and then one that's just a, a really great, uh, I guess you wouldn't say surprise, but it's nice to see this person trending in, uh, in the right direction. Um, so why don't you why don't you break those guys down for us? Uh, well, the first one we kind of already talked about a little bit was is Mitch Haniger, uh, clearly the spring training MVP for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit for average. He showed a little bit of power. 
He's not going to obviously hit it out of the ballpark every time, but he's extending singles into doubles. Uh, He's using good speed on the bases and in the field. He's going to bring the range of a center fielder to that spot in right and Mm -hmm. just solidify that defense probably to the point, I want to say as good as like when Ichiro was out there, but it's going to approach that because he has that same, he has the, the ability to to catch everything that goes in the right. And that's going to be a huge boost to putting uh, like Nelson Cruz out there, who is a great hitter, getting a little up there in years. And that's showing on, on his wheels a little bit. So having that, that extra range is going to help out greatly. Um, another guy we kind of talked about a little bit is Edwin Diaz. Now, he kind of had a uh, coming out in 2016 um, but with his like star making run in the in the WBC, he's showing all the emotion. He's pitching great. Uh, he really has the opportunity to become like a, a star closer in 2017, which is something that you know it does, the league doesn't really have right now. I mean, Andrew Miller is probably one of the better closers, and I couldn't pick Andrew Miller out of a lineup. But But you look at you look at Diaz's spring. He gave up no earned runs, no walks in uh, three innings pitching with Seattle in the spring. Um, he was one and zero with a three three eight ERA and two saves over five point one innings for Team Puerto Rico. Uh, and then you just look back at how he finished last season. He came in and over the last two months led the majors in saves with eighteen and finished with the ninth most strikeouts among relievers with thirty nine. And you again, you think about the fact that he didn't become a relief pitcher until May of last year yeah. with Double yeah. A Jackson. That would be the Jackson Pollocks. Yeah, I think. Or they're yeah. Yeah, they're they're really great uniforms. Yeah, their uniforms well, they, they kind of look a mess, but if you <laughs> if you get them at a distance, they're they're just beautiful. And and you look uh, at the 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 field of closers. In baseball right now, you don't see a lot of guys who can like really dominate and have like a legitimate shot at like a forty save, hundred plus strikeout season. But Edwin Diaz, I think, has the stuff to be able to do that. Now, mm-hmm. is he going to get enough opportunities? Is he is the bullpen going to give him enough games to save? Uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> you never, you know. never know. And then you uh, look hopefully. at. Uh, a guy that we have not talked about at all yet, who yeah. is in a position to really help this team, yes, is going to be James Paxton. Uh, now, as we talked about last time, Paxton was always a package deal uh, with Taiwan Walker, and now Walker's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, future Cy Young, NL Cy Young winner, <laughs> Taiwan Walker. Oh, yeah. So those two are always kind of seen as a package. Seattle sends Walker to Arizona. So now Paxton is the guy out of that group that's got to step up and kind of become the next ace for Seattle. Now, he doesn't have to be that this year, but he has to develop into that. Mm-hmm. And you look at the development that he's making, and hes I think he's on his way. He, he's changed his arm motion a little bit, how he, how he throws, the angle that he's throwing at, and it's helped him add more velocity. Uh, this mm-hmm. spring, his fastball was tight, topping out at 96.8, uh, 
which would make him the hardest throwing left-hander in all of baseball. Which is bonkers. Which is just bonkers. And you, it's a limited sample size, obviously, but in two starts during the spring, you know, he goes nine innings, has a 212 batting average against, a .89 whip with 11 strikeouts and one walk. I mean, that's that's ace material if he can keep that going over the course of a season, obviously. Now, mm. uh, James Paxton has an injury history. Um, what? Yeah. Old bird bones Paxton. <laughs> and like so you have to hope that the trainers are just coating his arm in glue when he's not moving it. Mm-hmm. Just keep it set mm-hmm. in one spot. Um, he, I believe they've got him walking around town in one of those bubble suits. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not just for uh, extreme soccer. It's also for safety. <laughs> he, uh, he's in very real danger of developing again, that just the crippling Franklin Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, I mean, you just don't want that. You don't. Um, so where, where are we looking for 2017? Um, as we talked about it in the last episode, the Mariners are ranked number 12th in the ESPN 2017 power rankings. Um, they are projected to finish a game worse than they did last year at 85 and 77, uh, which would be once again, second in the AL West. Um, and the World Series odds are 25 to 1. Um, the good news is that starting in June 1st, the M's are favored to win 19 of their uh, next 22 games um, and uh, are expected to have a uh, f- above 500 winning percentage uh, into June. Um, the bad news is we have 10 games against uh, the Astros and Rangers and a series against the Indians and Tigers in April. Um, if you don't remember, the Astros and Rangers kicked our butts last year. And they are projected uh, to Indians. do so again this year. <laughs> uh, and the uh, Indians and Tigers are also ranked uh, ahead of the Mariners in the power rankings. Uh, Astros are number five, Rangers number eight. Indians number two, again, coming up to short in the World Series to Chicago, and the Tigers are number 14. So, so just a, a couple really spots behind Seattle, but still a, a tough team with a lot yes. of good hitters. And Detroit is old, but that's early enough in the season that their osteoporosis hasn't kicked in, <laughs> and so they're still dangerous. Yes. And so you take that tough schedule to open the season, a ridiculously tough schedule to open the season, plus all these spring injuries, and you adds up to a slow start that could absolutely bury Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the worry. Um, but uh, there are some pivotal parts of the season as well. Yeah, beyond, beyond that, that first month. Uh, so you look ahead to late summer, uh, starting August 18th, Seattle will play a 12-game road trip uh, in Tampa, Atlanta, New York, 
and Baltimore, and they play 20 of their 27 games on the road in August. So that's going to be a grueling stretch that is really going to test them. Um, you know, they're coming off of that June that's supposed to be really good, and then they survive mm-hmm. July, and then they get to August, and it's just a meat grinder. If they can get through that, then starting September 11th, they play 10 consecutive games against the Astros and Rangers. Which is just awful. <laughs> so, if Seattle survives the, that ridiculous opening month and avoids that mid to late <laughs> summer swoon and somehow survives that ridiculous road trip all across the country in August, then they could be in a position to contend for the AL West. And the, this stretch could win it for them if they're within a couple of games or, or, or not. Mm-hmm. Or or uh, it could bury them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped for that. It's going to be really nice, like not stressful at all uh, time of year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. What are some of the uh, X factors heading into 2017? Uh, I think you got to look at the health and effectiveness of Felix Hernandez uh, coming off of like a couple of rough years that he seems to have transitioned from the power pitcher to more of a finesse pitcher using location and off speed and, and movement to get guys out, and it's worked phenomenally during the spring. So mm-hmm. does that continue? Uh, you know, last year was the first time that he's missed significant time with injuries. Was that mm-hmm. a you know a one-time thing, or is that kind of the new normal? Um, beyond Felix, you know, you have to look at this new look outfield with three center fielders out there. Uh, is that extra defense going to you know help limit the number of runs given up? Um, they're going to need to basically catch everything that makes it out there. Um, yeah. and, but they have the range to do so because all three guys are legitimate center fielders, and so mm-hmm. they have great range. So that's excellent news. So is that going to work, though, Have moving a center fielder to the corner? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, and then the biggest question probably outside of the bullpen and first base and everything, the, the laundry list of other things we've, we've, we've uh, put out there, how is the offensive production gonna, going to look in this lineup beyond Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano and Kyle Seeger, who else is going to step up and drive in some runs? Because if it's just those three, as it has been in, in some years past, uh, then teams are going to pitch around them. Yeah. You could, you could literally in some years, you could literally walk the bases full with Cruz, Cano, and Seager and then not give up any runs because nobody else is doing anything around them. So we're not the only ones to mention this, but Seattle has one of the best uh, middle of the orders um, as just about any other team in baseball with Cano, Cruz, and Seager. They are extremely dangerous. Uh, and they are getting the kind of respect they deserve. The problem is, uh, as you said before, does anyone else around them actually create opportunity for them to capitalize on? We don't know. Yeah, we're going to have to find out. You know, you have guys like uh, Hanniger playing really well who will offer some protection. Uh, you have Segura at the top. Uh, you know, is Dyson going to be... Uh, Worthwhile is Zaninu going to continue his strong spring? Um, 
it's a lot of question marks. How much grit does Danny Valencia actually have? <laughs> These are the questions well, we're going we're gonna to find out. We're going to have a chance to, uh, to answer that over the course of, of this year, um, uh, including the chance to answer uh, a couple of trivia questions. But before that, Tyler, um, why don't we meet our uh, starting lineup for 2017? Um, do you have it in front of you? Because I have it in front of me. I do not have it in front of me. That sounds like research. <laughs> it's very minimal. Um, batting first is Gerard Dyson, uh, our left fielder. Uh, he um, is a career 260 average hitter, hit 278 last year, uh, 325 and 353 career on on base and slugging. Uh, batting second, shortstop, Gene Segura. Uh, career 280 hitter, uh, on base 319, slugging 396. He's projected to hit about 290 uh, with uh, about 25 stolen bases. So if he can do that, if he can do that, um, he sets things up very nicely for the heart of the order, which is uh, what we mentioned earlier. Robinson Cano uh, batting third at second base. Nelson Cruz batting fourth as DH. Uh, batting fifth, Kyle Seeger at third base. And then batting sixth, really, really excited, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Mitch Hanniger. I think it's it's going to be... I think it's going to be great to have him up there batting sixth because he really has a lot of opportunity to get some good pitches to hit, which I think is what he's going to need. Um, and uh, batting seventh, Danny Valencia. Batting, uh, sorry, Danny Valencia at first base only. Single Danny, Danny Valencia? Just one Dan. <laughs> batting uh, eighth. You have uh, just the, the powerhouse that is Mike Zanino. And uh, batting ninth, you have Leonis Martin, so, uh, who also had a, a, had a great year last year, really excited about last year. So, uh, and then our starting pitcher for 2017, uh, Taiwan Walker. So really, really excited about him. He's an up-and-comer, um, should do really, really well this Never heard of him. Uh, thoughts on that lineup? Uh, the putting Dyson at the top is a little surprising to me. I would think that he would be more of a two or a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and after after the offensive season that uh, Martin had last year, it's surprising that he's ninth. Um, but it also maybe takes some of the pressure off of him to kind of try and match what he did or or improve upon what he did and just continue to develop. Uh, it also kind of sets the table for that second time around the lineup. Uh, if Martin can get on base, he can move things along, and then you have some some decent hitters at the top of the lineup who can move him around. Um, if you're under the impression that Lanos Martin can at least duplicate, if not improve upon 
his success last year and also that um, Mitch Hanniger really digs into that number six role, then you really don't have much of a much of a letdown spot in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first base, but really, that's, really, yeah. That's I a mean, given. first base and catcher, right? So we're so Danny Valencia, um, uh, Mike Zunino, right? Mm-hmm. Who are also expected to improve, but um, I, I think it's a I, I think it's strong. I, I, I dare I say optimistic, Tyler. Dare I say optimistic? You you can dare. Yeah, it's it's that time of year. <laughs> Well, speaking of that time, it's that time of the podcast. Um, we're going to play a little game. And uh, you can play along at home. If you're, if you're listening, we're going to need, uh, need someone to hold us accountable because I do want to revisit this at the end of the season. Uh, you and I are going to play a little game called Overrender, okay. Tyler. I'm going to give you a number. Um, uh, these are on our kind of our little stat sheet that we share uh, before every podcast. But I'm going to ask you: be an upstanding gentleman and don't peek ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a number. I want you to tell me if it's going to be the over or under of that number. Okay. And whatever you pick, I have to take the opposite of that. Gotcha. And we'll see who wins All right. at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever loses has to buy the winner a beer. I think that's a, that's a fair way to do it. Just a beer? Just, just a beer. Okay. Uh, maybe several, depending on how badly. What uh, the margin of victory is. <laughs> what, the, what the margin of victory is. Um, and uh, I thought it might be fun to maybe include uh, uh, maybe a couple of these um, on maybe like a like a Twitter like a Facebook poll as mm-hmm. well just to see what see what our uh, our dear listener thinks. Um, so we have thirteen over under stats, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go with number one, which is the starter season ending injuries before the All Star break. We set the over under at one point five. So a starter season, season ending. ending. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, well, you already have Drew Smiley getting soggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Giovanni Gallardo has caught the suck. So season ending is tough. I'm going to say under. You're going to say under? I'm going to say under. Okay. I gotta pick the over on that. Then that sucks. Uh, I, mis- I misdirected you on that one. <laughs> Made you think I was gonna zig, and then I zagged. <laughs> that one. Uh, that was maybe an easier one. Here's number two. Tyler, the over under on times Seattle Mariners batters will be hit by pitches in 2017. The over-under is 51. That was the league average for 2016. Now, in 2016, Seattle led all of baseball with 72. So again, the over-under, 51. I will say over. Okay. Probably a fair assumption given their history. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right. You take the over, I take the under. Maybe people finally learn how to not lean over the plate and they get four. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. No, Edgar's going to have him do whatever it takes <laughs> to get on base. And I, I, I have a feeling I have a feeling the best way for Danny Valencia to help this team <laughs> is to get hit with a baseball. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> All right. Number three. The combined home runs of Kyle Seeger, Robinson Cano, and Nelson Cruz. The over-under is 100. In case you're curious, they combined for 112. I am going to take the over. I think they have better protection in the lineup this year. All right. So uh, last year, um, you had uh, Cruz hitting 43, Cano hitting 39, and Kyle hitting. Uh, boy, if we get that kind of production out of the three of them this year, if we get over 100 home runs between those three, that'll be awesome. All right, you'll take the over. Mm-hmm. Number four. Over under on King Felix wins. For 2017, the over-under is 15. That is his career average. That's a, Wow. That's a higher career average than I would have guessed with the type of run support that Felix Hernandez gets on a start-to-start basis. So let me, let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not his career average. That's his 162-game average um, over, over the course okay. of his career. Okay. So my apologies. So you're a liar. I am okay. a liar. Okay. Now, I don't, now it's all coming together. <laughs> he had 11 last he year. He had 11 last year. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I think that his curse of continuing not to get run support is going to persist because the world is an unfair and cruel place. Uh, he'll probably have 30 quality starts and 14 wins. Okay. All right. So just barely under. Just barely under. Okay. All right. Number five, Edwin Diaz saves. In 2016, he had 18 saves. In 2016, Steve Ciszek had 25. We've set the over-under at 35. Uh, I will take the over, since I said he has a legit shot at 40 saves and 100-plus strikeouts. So I'll take the over. All right. That's uh, awfully um, awfully optimistic of you. Yeah, I'm all in. For someone who also thinks the King Felix is only going to get 14 wins. <laughs> if any team can do it. <laughs> that is true. Number six, uh, this is not a Mariners-specific question. This, is, uh, this relates to all of baseball. In 2016, there were three sweeps in the postseason. The over-under on postseason sweeps in 2007. Is 2.5. Oh, okay. I was waiting for... Sorry. 
I got confused. I was like, am I giving you the over? Am I just going to pick a number? I'll take 12 and I'll take the under. So the over-under is set at two and a half. Yes. Okay. I will say under. Under. All right. Number seven. The number of times Scott Cervais will be ejected in 2017. Do you know how many times he was ejected last year? Twice. He was ejected once. Ah. The over-under is set at 2.5. 2.5. Well, he uses folksy terms like soggy to uh, (laughs) describe injuries. (laughs) So he seems pretty chill. I'm going to take the under. That's probably not a not a not a bad guess. Uh, all right, now we're getting into the uh, the real the real meat, as they say. Did they say that? I don't know if they say that. Someone says it. Probably butchers. <laughs> Number eight, Mike Zunino's batting average for two thousand seventeen. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. The over under mm-hmm. is at two fifteen. Oof. Do you know his career batting at? Is it 215? It is 214. Ah. I am going to be an unrealistic optimist, and I will predict that he hits 220, so I will take the over. All right. A bold move. One of the people that we have not talked about uh, enough is a man by the name of Taylor Motter. Taylor Motter um, has... Good hair. Broken, he has amazing hair. He's broken 15 bones in his life. He's also um, projected to uh, be a utility man for the Seattle Mariners this year. He actually had a pretty good spring training. That's not what I care about, Tyler. I care about the first thing that you mentioned, his hair. The over-under on Taylor Motter's hair length by the end of the season is set at 12 inches. Do you know about where 12 inches falls? It's, we're, we're talking like just below the shoulders. I think right now it's, it's about, about right at shoulder length, maybe just a little bit above. As someone who knew me in high school, trust me, you know I know what 12 inches of hair <laughs> looks like. That, that is true. So I will say over, because as long as he is doing all right and staying on the Major League roster, he's not going to Mm. cut his hair. Oh, you're going to go with the superstitious angle. Well, yeah, he's a baseball player. (laughs) That sounds about right. Okay, all right. I'll put you at over. Number 10. So you are taking the under, thinking he's going to get traded to the Yankees. How, oh, how <laughs> dare you? How dare you? Number 10. Mariners wins for 2017. The over-under is 86.5. Uh, I'm predicting they'll get around 86, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with under. Okay. By half a game. I, I, I have no problem taking the over on that. I am, I am 
uh, cautiously optimistic about this year. Yeah, that one, which, which is just going to make my mental breakdown mid-season even more enjoyable. Yeah, that kind of goes against my whole Edwin Diaz getting forty saves and Mike Zanino <laughs> crushing a new <laughs> career best batting average predictions. <laughs> I'm betting both sides. I'm I'm hedging yeah, my I, bets. I see what you're doing. Yeah. You're 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 playing a smart game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 11, complete game shutouts, 2007. Of the Mariners? The Mar- for, the, for the Mariners. Oh, for now, the Mariners. Yep. The, the Mariners uh, pitched two complete game shutouts in 2016. They were one of only three teams to have more than one. The over-under is set at 1.5. I will take the over. Okay. Nice. Do you any 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 first like hot take thoughts on who those might be? Uh, it'll be Felix because that'll be the only way he can guarantee himself a win. And uh, at some point, James Paxton will do it, and then in his next start, his shoulder will blow up. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see here. Number twelve. The projected final standing for the Seattle Mariners in the AL West, uh, first being the the top of the uh, league. Um, the over under is set at two point five. I think they will finish third. Unfortunately, uh, so I'll take the over. Yes. All right. I have no problem taking the under. Again, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, Tyler. <sighs> Number thirteen. The combined war of Ketel Marte and Taiwan Walker for the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2017. Over. Whatever you're going to say, it's going to be over. <laughs> Uh, I have it set at 2.5. Um, now, to give you a little bit of context, the combined war of Hisashi Iwakuma and Felix Hernandez for the Mariners last year was, I believe, 3.8. I'll say over. Okay. I mean, you can't win an MVP and a Cy Young without having better than, <laughs> than three war. Now, Cattell uh, Marte and Tywin Walker, I think, combined for a war of like 0.8 last year. So we're, uh, I mean, again, you and I have said this over and over. We think that sending Cattell Marte and Tywin Walker to Arizona may be the best thing of, that ever happens to their careers. Yeah, and, and, and possibly one of the best uh, off-season moves ever by the Gypsy Woman. Mm-hmm. I think. I, I mean, she has a long history of very bold uh, trades and signings, and I think her her decision to take Cattell Marte, Tywin Walker under her wing, uh, imbue them with some sort of evil voodoo uh, Arizona witchcraft, uh, and and then set them up to uh, to really shine. In Arizona, it was a very smart move. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Jim. Um, 
that's it. That's all I got. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm excited now. Uh, so did you write those uh, down? I did. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I was did, trying so to think of how to organize that because if someone is just listening, then both <laughs> columns are going to be listed as Tyler, and it's going to be very confusing. I I am I have my own secret uh, code name for you. Oh, I don't know if you know that. It's actually Silver Fox. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so we have um, just to just to recap, uh, season-ending injuries before the All-Star break for starters. You're taking the under mm-hmm. of one point five um, times. Uh, Seattle Mariners batters will be hit by pitches. You're taking the over of fifty-one combined Seager Cano Cruz home runs. You're taking the over of a hundred. Uh, King Felix wins. You're taking the under of fifteen. Uh, Edwin Diaz saves. You're taking the over of 35. Postseason sweeps. You're taking the under of 2.5. Uh, Scott Cervase ejections. You're taking the under of 2.5. Mike Zunino batting average. You're taking the over of 215. And probably the boldest answer of this podcast. Uh, I live dangerously. <laughs> number uh, number nine, you're taking the... Uh, so the, the length of Taylor Motter's hair by the end of the season, you're taking the over of 12 inches. Uh, Mariners wins, uh, you're taking the under of 86.5. Complete game shutouts, you're taking the over of 1.5. Projected final standings, you're taking the over of 2.5. And combined war of Tel Marte and Taiwan Walker for Arizona this year, you're taking the over. Two point five. Your your final war for for the two of them so, hovering somewhere in like the mid twenties. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to look at who led. Their war is going to be so high. They're just going to annex Mexico by the, at the end of the season. <laughs> That's how that good at war they're going to be. <laughs> that sounds about right. Oh, Tyler, where can people find us? You know, I get out, uh, supermarket, uh, long walks up on the river, hanging out at playgrounds with my child. With your child. I should add that. That's an important caveat. Buried the lead on that one. Yeah. But as far as like on social media, um, we're on Twitter, at YOY Podcast. Uh, We have a Facebook page. We do. We do. We have it's, a... It gets updated every now and then. Every now and again. It, we have a Gmail account, uh, which we'll probably have to reset the password for. <laughs> we, might, we, we might remember what it is. You never know. We get a couple of tries before it locks us out. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Twitter... Facebook, email. Yeah. Um, if you uh, have your own answers for uh, our, our questions, send us an email. Um, if you uh, are, are looking forward to attending the Hall of Fame ceremony of Justin Seeger, uh, send us an email. Um, if you uh, are going to be attending the World Series uh, between Arizona and the Houston Astros, Astros, you know, send us an email. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Yes, and congratulations to future Cy Young winner, Taiwan Walker, NL MVP, <laughs> Tom Marte, and future World Series champion, Houston Astros. Oh, we're so excited. 
It's going to be All a right, good sir. year. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.